Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. That's right, the head of creative here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And guess what? You stuck around for the 74th edition of your favorite alternative sports podcast. Well, sports, you know what I mean. The Sports Bros Podcast, episode 74. I'll get the intro right one day. Maybe I'll write the stuff down and pay attention and won't sound like a jabroni. But... Enough of me talking. Welcome. And of course, y'all know I can't do this by myself. Like I said, I tried doing it by myself one time. Not as fun because we got one guy, we lucky to have him. One, then another guy that tells that guy that we lucky to have him, tell him he wrong and so forth and so such. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to introduce the almighty B Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today, man? I asked that question. I've asked that question around 70 times because I've, I've missed a couple episodes here and there. And I do apologize about that. But, man, something is always going on in this world, especially 2020. Um, yeah, 2020 is something else. I could go on about it. But we're here to talk about sports. And there's a lot going on in the sports world. Thank God, actually, because, fellas, can you actually believe it right now? We're recording on Monday that we're 10 days away from NFL. Can you believe that? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Can you believe that we're 10 days away from, well, it, that'll be 13 days because, um, but whenever the Cowboys play, they'll no longer be undefeated off rip. Well, my bad. Did that I'm too soon already. Already throwing jabs at that other guy that we talk about. It was so lucky. You, you might as well get it started. Might as well. You know what it is. What it is. Go ahead and introduce that guy. I'm. I'm. I'm good. I'm alright. And speaking of the other guy, also known <laughs> as Belab calls him the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, who got. 30 feet of rain, the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Coming at you from wet and wild, Washington, Pennsylvania. Finally got some rain. Uh, might be back to my grass cutting duties here soon. Uh, it's cooling down just a little bit, man. Actually, Sunday morning I went to church with the family, and it just felt like there was a hint of fall in the air. And like you said, B-Lab, that's that feels like football season's coming and I, uh, I'm I'm real excited about it. man. I you know one thing I, I have to admit this year, um, being back home in Western Pennsylvania this time of year, I used to remind me right before going back to school how excited I was whenever you hear the the band practicing, knowing that Friday night football, high school football was coming up and all that. And I hate it for the uh, for the kids that are going into their into their junior and senior year in high school this year. Man, they don't have the that that certainty of what's going to happen. I mean that. Some high schools aren't playing. Some are playing with no fans. So that kind of sucks. But, hey, you know, you got to do the best we can with uh, with what's going on out there. And I am looking forward to watching some football. I, I guess college football is officially underway, right? Who, who won the, the Austin P game? I didn't I – didn't, 
I didn't catch that. <laughs> Central Arkansas pulled it out and won twenty-four to seventeen. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, and um, I gotta ask, um, Scotty D, you actually, yeah, you remember um your high school days? Here we go. <laughs> oh, I can't hey, help it. I can remember last night, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Oh, man. Here we go. Starting off hot and heavy with the hijinks and haberdashery. Don't ask me how to spell haberdashery. Just use what they call your Magi Nation. Well, rolling right along. Playoffs, playoffs, and more playoffs. Yes, we got the NBA playoffs. It's getting hot. It's getting heavy. It's getting contested. A lot of great ball is being played. We got Luka Doncic working miracles on a toe-up ankle. A lot is going on. So here we go. In the East, we have a game in progress right now because you know we record on Monday and then the show drop on Tuesday. Uh, We got the Bucks and the Heat right now. They are in the first quarter, and the score is... 10 to 10 tie game in the first quarter. Uh, this game, this game, yeah, this game will be over with by the time you get this podcast. All right, then we have the Boston and Toronto series. Boston jumps out to a one nothing lead over the Raptors, the defending, reigning, and defending world champion Raptors, the baby dinosaurs, as some people used to call them. Over in the west, it's a whole lot going on. This is still, um, it's still a cloud of curmudgeon and smoke. So we got the OKC in the Houston series. Um, Russell Westbrook came back, and guess what? The Rockets lead the series 3-2. And Portland, yeah, they get eliminated by LeBron James and them. So we, we that's that's a given. We saw that coming. Dame time has officially ran out. I think one of us predicted Portland to win that series. See, that's the kind of stuff that's not necessary. He was in the middle of um, going through his stuff, and then you got to interrupt this man just to say that I was wrong. Is that, that's I, how, you, that's how you feel? I didn't say you, but... but wow, this is a process of elimination. You piece of wow. Eddie Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of wow. We've already, we've already got the title to the, uh, to the show. You piece mm. of wow. I All right. predicted it. Eight over one seed upset. I, I just couldn't remember who it was. I, but jeez, <laughs> the, uh, but the, uh, uh, exactly. Get get better internet reception. That's oh wow. <laughs> Don't do it to <sighs> Oh man, we playing dirty pool. All right, you two. <laughs> All right, you two. Back in the ring. All right, so here we go. Yeah, we um, Dame time is officially over with, and then Dallas they get eliminated by the Clippers. Which means we got one more, I think, overall, which is the best series of this year playoffs, Nuggets and the Jazz. Now, it looked like the Jazz was going to come in, bust ass, take names, not ask no questions, eat the food, not put in no money, and just say, bye, we're going to beat the brakes off you. But, oh, the Nuggets said, not so fast. Not so fast. We got to come back. And they've been playing a lot of great basketball as of late. It's been a shootout back and forth. Western Conference-style um, basketball dating back to, like, the early 2000s. And that series is tied 3-3. Three to three. And, B-Live, you asked a question before we went on air about Jamal Murray. And what was it? How many 50-point games is this guy going to have, man? He is ridiculous with it right now. So, and I I looked it up. I looked it up. My man's got two in this series alone. D- 
this is his scoring line for the six games. First game, he had 36 points. Second game, 12 points. Third game, 14 points. Whew, a little rough there. But he's like, all right, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me put some stanking on it. And scores 50 points, 42 points, and then another 50-point game in this series. This man is doing ridiculous things. Man, he is aver- he's averaging 34 points a game in this series. I think that's the reason why it's going to um, game seven because of his play. Man, it's, it's exciting. I'm definitely well, – I want to make sure that I am watching game seven somehow, some way, whether it be in the privacy of my own home with my surround sound turned up or – at my place of business, Max Speed Shop. You know where it's at. You listen to the show. If you don't, I'm going to throw it to you once again at the end. Yes, sir. Yeah, one time at the end, man. Hey, don't forget, um, earlier in the um, – before the season started, in the offseason, they gave Jamal Murray a bunch of money, a bunch of money. And um, it's paying off huge dividends, man. The Nuggets are going to be a tough out because, like I said, man, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell and those guys, they were running all up and down the Nuggets until Jamal Murray said, wait a minute, we're here to play basketball too. Just we not, if, if, you gonna, if, if it's going to be a fight, we're taking it to 12, 12 rounds, up and down. We're not playing. But, yeah, man, this um, – this series, man, this I, I I I've watched a lot of basketball over the last few years. And like I said, this is the most entertaining playoff series I've seen in a while. I, I've seen a few, but this one's like stand out because you don't know what Mitchell's gonna do. You don't know what Murray's gonna do. But one thing you know, somebody's gonna score more than 30 points. It's almost a given. Somebody's gonna score more than 30 points. Like I said, in the OKC and Houston series. Russell Westbrook comes back, and, well, you know what happened. They got the beard, and then they got Brody back, and they're going to handle business as is. So um, what we think, B-Lab, what, what, what are we looking at in the very near future once these other two series are over with? Who's going to be playing who? What are we looking at? Right now, my my prediction stays the same. I feel like it's going to be the Bucks versus the Clippers. I think, I think the Clippers shook off the um, – the, the the dust and they're starting to play inspired basketball. Um, I believe um, they get the winner of the they get the winner of the um, Utah Denver matchup. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because the Clippers Clippers play that Smash Mouth. Like you're not gonna be scoring fifty points on them. No, I mean Luca Luca did his thing. I just I think it's it's gonna be a little bit more more um, or more of a defensive battle than um, what um, either team that makes it out of there is um, expected. I think the Clippers have got the, – they're, they're deep on the bench. They'll, uh, mm. I think that's where it's going to come come down to. I still have the Clippers winning the West. still have the Bucks winning the East. But do not – and I repeat, do not sleep on the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler right now because – and and you can't you can't even sleep on Boston right now because Boston have they lost the game? Well, no, uh, no, they're, they're undefeated. Yeah, I'm saying they they bring they already brought the broom out one time, but I, I just I maybe maybe it's just the hope factor because Giannis he's he's the best player in the game. I think he I honestly think he's going to get back to back MVPs. I and 
it's one of those things. Can they overcome that hump that happened last year? Because it's, it's clear cut. If you're able to stop Giannis's momentum, that's a huge hunk of um, Milwaukee's um, offensive scheme. So this is going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. But I, just, I, I believe in the Bucks. I think they have what it takes to win it all. And we shall see. I, uh, in the East, I think it's going to be Bucks Raptors, Bucks Raptors. But I think, um, I think the Heat they're gonna. They, I, I believe the Heat has what it takes to push my, um, to push the Bucks to the limit. Yeah, because the Buc- you know, Miami. Don't let's not forget Eric Spoelstra is a championship winning coach, and for I mean, this, this, let's give him let's give him some credit as well too, for all that he's done. You know, yes, he had Ray Allen and LeBron James and uh, Dwayne Wade as, at his disposal for this certain period of time. Then LeBron left. They got kind of bad. But somehow, some way, man, Pat Riley and Spolstra found a way to, hey, man, let's go ahead and get some players, man. Let's get some dogs. Let's get them out here and and, and, and get together and play some ball. And they've been doing some good drafting as well. So, uh, yeah, just like you said, man, Miami is one team not to sleep on it. You know what? The East is starting to look like the West. Everybody's being competitive. You know, they, they could push the Bucks a little bit because the Bucks and Giannis, they seem to be at their best when they get out and run and kind of run you off the floor. But if they're if they're having to play from behind and you know overcome the the hardships, I, I'm not sure that they if they they've proven to to be be capable of doing that at this point. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But Miami definitely is a team that I think could put a little bit of pressure on them. And um, you know, Giannis when he when he's rolling well, man, he's a runaway train. But you, he he's the key. Got to slow him down a little bit. Yeah, he is this season's. Defensive player of the year. So uh shout out to Giannis. Shout out to all this great basketball that we're watching. It is great. It's hey. Are <laughs> the Trailblazers play in the second round? Well, the, sir, sir, the sir, sir, sir. We already talked about this. Uh, I, I mean, I understand your your short term memory is linked to your age, and it's the same. Ain't wow. all the way there. We talked I'll, about this. I admitted that I was wrong. We're gonna move on. Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. Jesus Christ, God! It, I can't be wrong one time in my life without that guy over there in Western Pennsylvania just just calling me out on it. I forgot. Let's move on. Yeah, you forgot. see what happened? See, see, see what happened? See what happened? He done got some rain and don't know how to act. A little bit of moisture <laughs> on the ground. He don't know how to act. It's some dew. Oh Lord, we got dew on the grass. Dew on the grass. Um, and speaking of water, condensation, ice, and dew, let's move right along to the NHL playoffs, where it's getting hot, it's getting heavy. Uh, the New York Islanders, they lead the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2, and Tampa Bay, they lead Boston 3-1. They about to, it's about to be uh, 8-6 to Boston Bruins. You think they learned their lesson from last year, fellas? You think they learned their lesson, <laughs> Tampa Bay, last year? We're going to play all this good hockey, and then in the playoffs, I think they learned their lesson. Um, over in the West, we got Vegas. They also one game away from getting Vancouver. They held out the playoffs as well, too, as they lead the series 3-1. And the Dallas Stars, they also lead the series against the Colorado Avalanche 3-1. I don't know about you, fellas, but it seemed like a week ago we were talking about the first round of the playoffs. Now we're talking about the, uh, the second round of the conference playoffs. And next thing you know, all these games are like elimination games, and next thing you know, it'll be the conference finals. 
Oh man, I, it's it's one of those things about hockey that great day momentum can swing so quickly, and I, I once again I might be caught because I, I believe a little too soon. Maybe I was emotionally torn just because the Bruins beat up all my um beat up all my Hurricanes, and so I. I want to see the team that beat me win it all. And then they, they go and they're about to lay an egg and pretty sure um, by the time we've um, we've published this on Tuesday, the Boston could be going out of the bubble because they are actually propped there on the ice right now. And what was the, uh, what was the Flyers Islander series at again? Uh, three, two in favor of the Islanders. Three, okay. Um, yeah. And that one actually could have been over as well. I don't know if you saw. I, I can't remember if it was the end of game one or game two when the uh, the Flyers were up three to nothing, and the Islanders came all the way back and they scored a game tying goal. And Philly challenged it and lost on an over offsides call and lost, and end up having to uh, go shorthanded the last couple minutes of the game. They end up winning overtime, but you know that's that's a uh, that's a testy call in NHL. If you know if you challenge and get it wrong and then have to go shorthanded and the flyers did it at the end of regulation that was that would have been crazy if they had they lost that game going from up a goal to defending a power play and losing a game you know in the last last couple minutes i mean it was it was down to the wire on that one but they did end up winning that one in overtime but that that one very easily could have could have been wrapped up as well the islanders are hot that's been a physical series yeah, man, they are hot. Be live over the West, man. You you might be right about those Golden Knights, man. You might uh you you picked them to go to the yes, cup, right? Yeah, the Las Vegas Gold, man. We 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 said it again. We'll say it once. We'll say it again. This the team's third year in existence. Yeah, very very well could be in the Stanley Cup for the second time. Yeah, yeah, for the second time. Hey, fellas, don't forget the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, the Seattle Kraken is the newest <laughs> NHL team. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see that. I mean, think about it. We might not be too far away from seeing a conference finals between the Seattle Kraken <laughs> and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, two non-traditional NHL cities. Oh, man, it's we've all we've already seen the face of hockey transition years ago. Like, I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes got a Stanley Cup. Last, what was it last year? Two years ago. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the President's Trophy, then got blown out by the what the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, Columbus and Blue Jackets. Like, right. You had the Dallas Stars. I mean, it's like this is not traditional hockey places. And now, like I said, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. It's probably a hundred and ten degrees dry heat right now in Las Vegas. I know the I know the bubbles in Canada, but can you imagine? The Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup and then going back to all that heat. <laughs> yeah, between that and Arizona, all the, the 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 heat string conference. Yeah, heat stroke conference about to pass out and fall out. That's crazy, man. But um, yeah, hockey is these playoffs are about to be over <laughs> way before it started. Well, fellas, guess what? Last week. We gave the listeners a preview of the AFC division by division by division by division. And guess what? We're going to do the NFC 
division by division by division by division. As we promised last week. As you know, how many days are we away from football season, fellas? Ten days. Ten whole days. Yeah, you, you figure with all this going on with coronavirus and everything else going on in the world, we going to get some kind of football. I, I, and I'm not going to lie to you. When I watched, I was at work and I watched a little bit of the uh, Austin P and uh, Central Arkansas game. I'm like, man, we got live football on TV. Speaking of football, man, um, there's been a lot of uh, high school football games on TV as well, too. And I saw Deion Sanders, son, at quarterback. They whatever this little team is, they should just got their butt on the bus and went right back home. Oh boy, because they destroyed. Little little Dion was doing his thing. Little, yeah, he had that put. He had that throwing that ball, put it all over the place. What'd you say, Scotty D? A little prime time. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little prime time, man. A little prime time, and Dion out there. I don't know if y'all remember the rumors, but Dion actually wanted to get into uh, coaching. Yeah, and. um I guess he's the coordinator or something. He's out there uh, with a hat and chewing gum and talking trash. He shaved though. He shaved. But I mean, you 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 got to man. It's, it's Texas. It's five hundred degrees in the shade. But I digress. In the words of the Almighty, be live. All right, back on track. Choo choo. Here we go. We gonna preview the NFC East division. Um, I was thinking about letting Scotty D sit this one out, but we are gonna bring him in anyway because this is gonna be some uh. Foolishness and chicanery anyway. Uh, in case you need a reminder, the NFC East consists of the JRs, the Philadelphia Eagles, Scotty D's Cowboys, the New York Giants, and the Washington football team. <laughs> WFT, the WTF, as Scotty D's giggling. I'm going to start with you first, B-Live. What do you th- what we, what we got? What we look like in the NFC East? Yeah, it looked like a bunch of trash in that whole division. That's what it looked like. All right, over to you, Scotty. All D. right, now we got that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know why? You know why? Because I, I can't bring myself to admit that out of the NFC least, that I'm going to, I'm, I'm actually going to pick the Cowboys. I'm going to pick them this year. <laughs> There's such a disappointment, but I honestly think that they're better this year than they were last year. I'm like, I, oh boy, let me try this again. Whew. I, 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 you saw you about to I, go I'm out. intently here. I'm listening intently. I, I've already did, so I'm trying to just clear clear my thoughts. Um. I oh boy that that shit hurts. That sound like it hurt. <laughs> Go All ahead. Right. I think that the Cowboys, with their wide receiving core, adding on. Oh God, I can't do this. Oof. They're going to win the Super no, Bowl. No, they're not. No, that does not. Not no, no, no. I'm see. Okay, let me. I'm gonna finish my statement. I'm gonna say it. I think adding on CD Lamb is definitely gonna make. Um, Dak Prescott is going to have. I think he's gonna have a breakout season. He's 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 got the franchise tag. He's like right now. He's he's probably like all right. You know what? This is what we're going to do. I'm gonna take this mantle. Mike McCarthy, you got me. You're going to call me some good plays finally. And, I mean, 
I think that the Cowboys are going um, to do some damage. I really think so. I think they'll make it to the um, NFC Championship. I, yeah, I said it. Oh, God. All right. Very well, very, yep. very well said. I, I agree with you, and then I think they'll win that game and one more. But um, So if I'm predicting the Cowboys to go undefeated, then I'm going to have to say they're going to win this division. I think everyone's pretty much narrowed this division down to the Cowboys and Eagles, uh, the Washington Red- I'm sorry, the Washington football team in rebuild mode. Um, I hated hearing the news about Ron Rivera. He's got a cancer battle coming up here. And, man, I hope he I hope he gets out ahead of it. It sounds like they. it was an early diagnosis. I, I hate hearing that. Um, I do think they, they are um, starting to show some promise in that whole organization overall. The Giants are... Mm, I, I think they're they're also improving. I like Daniel Jones. If, if he progresses a little bit this year, I think the Giants have uh, a lot to be excited for. And that leaves the Cowboys and the Eagles. I, I just think with the Cowboys, every year for the past few years, everyone th- thought, oh, this could be their year, this could be their year. And the biggest hindrance to me was Jason Garrett, and he's gone now. And McCarthy came in with a whole new coaching staff. They upgraded the defense. Like you said, they added C.D. Lamb for a little bit more speed on offense. Zeke's still there. For me, with the Cowboys, uh, my biggest question mark is the offensive line because that's been their staple the last few years. But, um, you know, they're starting to get a little bit older, and we'll see if they're able to, uh, you know, to, to open those holes for Zeke because, let's face it, they've, they've centered that offense around Zeke. I, I'm not convinced Dak is I, – I, like I said, I, I think Dak is a B quarterback, not an A quarterback. But I think if they, they put it all together that they're – He's good enough to get it done. We'll see. I'm I'm actually picking the Cowboys to lose the Super Bowl to the Chiefs this year. I'm, I'm being heavily optimistic. I think they they can. I I just think the Chiefs are the elitist team in the NFL right now, and it's going to be hard to beat them for anybody. Uh, and the NFC, I think, is open this year. I really do. Yep. Uh, far as the NFC East, man, I think. Um... Zeke is like, hey, ain't nobody talking about me. Let me remind you, you know, I, I got 6,000 yards and, you know, a handful of years. Watch this. And you know what, man? Dak flirted with it last year, but I think he going to do it. He's going to be the newest member of the 5,000 yards a season. God, I hope so. He, I, I, think, I think Dak is going to have uh, – what's the numbers I'm looking at? 5,000, 5,000 plus, 5,100. 42 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. I I, I, I think this this will be the year that Dak's like, oh, this is why this is why give me the damn money. I'm gonna show you give me the money. I flirted with it last year. Now I'm about to get it, and I'm fitting to you know act a fool with it. And he's gonna get some votes for MVP too. So um, yeah, I'm so um, all three of us clean sweep picking the Eagles, right? I mean, I'm sorry, the Cowboys, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, picking the Cowboys, correct. Uh, a little story I heard about the Giants. Don't be surprised if you see a much improved Giants secondary this year. Um, last year, the Giants were known for holding, holding, holding like a mug. And so the coach said, come here, stick out your hand. He took, um, Joe Judge took a tennis ball and taped it to all his defensive back hands. So that way they won't be tempted to grab the jersey. Discipline. I like that. And that's what's really needed with the Giants. But you know uh, your offensive coordinator is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, but, hey, I don't, uh, 
Uh, maybe, maybe like I said, head coaching wasn't his thing. I think with I think with Jason Garrett, I think his offensive scheme wasn't. I mean, it, I think he sucks. Yeah, well, we we know how you feel. All right, all right. You know how you feel about that, yeah. Yeah, we ten ten years of that mess, but um, yeah. Uh, it, it, hey, his thing might be being an offensive coordinator. Who knows? Moving right along to the very cold and frigid NFC North, where we got the Vikings, skull, skull, the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions. All right, fellas. Well, as we know, um, the Packers they did draft their quarterback in the first round. People said there's nothing going on <laughs> in the organization. The lie detector test determined that's a bold-faced <laughs> ball lie, okay? So, um, yeah, so we got that mess in Green Bay, and then we got um, a few changes in Minnesota as they picked up uh, Yannick and Guacque uh, via trade from the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I'm impressed. Look, he is going to – yeah, he's going to – He's going for saying that. Huh? I'm impressed yeah, with hey, you, Eddie, for saying his name right. Hey, look, man. Years <laughs> of watching hockey. Years of watching other sports. Hey, man, you you, you got to get those names together, man. Yannick and Gakwe. Yes, hey. yes. Because I couldn't. I, I was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't so good with those names for a while. So we got the Bears situation. They got a situation. The quarterback they got to figure out, and also defense too. And then we got the Lions. So, fellas, what we look at for the NFC North? Well, I'm going to scratch the Bears off the list because they always say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have one. Uh, the Lions actually might be able to put up some points this year. I, I like them. In the, um, I, I, Stafford was was banged up pretty good last year. I think he missed most of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the, the, their receivers, well, they got Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. They should be able to put up some points. They have a rookie running back. It's supposed to be an upgrade. Uh, it, I, I still think this is going to come down to the Vikings and Packers. And, man, after what – you know, the Packers were a game away from the Super Bowl last year, and it feels like they didn't really upgrade. They drafted a backup quarterback. Uh, I, I think that kind of, they, they might have lost a little momentum with that. that. That could be organizationally putting that whole team in a funk. I don't know. You can't, you can't really bet against Aaron Rodgers, but I just think the Vikings, I know they lost a couple of players on defense, but adding that dude with a funny name is going to be a big, big help to that team. And I think they're, they're the team to beat. I, I'm going to go with the Vikings in this division. Be live where you at. I don't know. I think, honestly, when it comes to all four teams, they like, with the, I would say, with the exception of Detroit, Green Bay, they, they didn't gain anything. This would have been the time to get another high quality target. For Aaron Rodgers, but they go with a, another quarterback. I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe, maybe they're on to something because guess what? They, they drafted Aaron Rodgers and sat him on the bench for four years, and so maybe Jordan Love just might be that dude. But this, I mean, you, I, I don't know. This year is going to be something else. Like, because you could have Aaron Rodgers be like, freaking rock out. And freaking just do what Aaron Rodgers does, or he could just say, "Man, screw all this," because I, I I still believe that if Green Bay was to part ways with Aaron Rodgers, somebody would pick him up. Like I, quick. Oh, you think? Yeah, I mean, quick. So is he he has really nothing to prove. He's got he's gotten a ring. 
everybody says he's got to get multiple rings to be considered one of the greats, and I don't know. It just they could it could be a lot of egos in that organization right now. I don't see I see Minnesota as um is I think is the health of um Dalvin Cook. Um, yep. he if he's healthy, man, they're dangerous. But I I think losing Stefan Diggs is going to be that's going to hurt. Not sure. I'm not really sure about who their um, number two wide receiver is at this point. So, if I was to pick a team right now, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I think the Detroit Lions. I think that they've got they. I think Stafford, if he stays healthy, I think he has a wide receiver core, and I think that they could. Do, I could. Do, I believe in Galladay. Marvin Jones Jr., I think they could do damage. I think Detroit might be able to pull this off. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Ooh-wee. Right. You hear that, Detroit, Michigan? The Sports Sports Podcast is in Detroit, Michigan. He picking your Lions. Be like, we did go to Detroit. Yes, we did. Freaking. Yeah, and <laughs> sorry, the Panthers beat the Lions, and I loved it. And every last and bit I of do, it. I pre- last- one thing I will say about the Motor City, man, the the fact that we got to join in on a tailgate and they treated us like we were just, we were family, man. We we ate. They played raised up by Petey Pablo. <laughs> I was like, okay, I see you. I think that, I think that was like the first time I, I I actually got Snapchat. I did I started my Snapchat just for that game because I wanted to capture right then and there. And it was man, it was a great time. Just oh, we gotta do it again. We gotta do, we gotta do it again. Some some yeah, yeah. Sometimes so yeah, do it again. Um, I think we all can agree in unison that that Detroit Lions um that receiving core one of the most underrated underrated uh tandem in the league. Bears, I don't know. The Packers, um, see Valdez, Scantlin, uh, Devontae Adams, Lazard. Kumaro, Green Bay got weapons. They just got to figure it out. The Minnesota, I- I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings because they got Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. He's going to be back at it one more time, back at it again. You know, Stephon Diggs is gone, which means more rest for Thielen. It's just I hope they don't, um, you know, figure out the game plan and take him out of the game. But, yeah, I am picking the Vikings. So, I pick Vikings. Scotty, do you pick? The Vikings. Beli picks the I'm gonna let you say it. Be like, picking you the Detroit Lions. You heard it here first. Wow. Wow. Four field was nice too. Okay, going to the South Side. The South Side. Yeah, the NFC South. Whew, here we go. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Body Body Saints, the Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers. Um, Scotty D, you first. I'm picking the Carolina Panthers. No, you're not. Don't, 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 don't. finish last to finish last in that division. Wow, you are such a. <laughs> I we are we're not even five minutes removed from me giving your team praise. You were giving me a hard time about them, so. <sighs> Bless. I know. I know, but damn. <laughs> God. Yeah. The sad part is you probably don't disagree uh, because Carolina is kind of in a rebuild mode, I think. And they got a, this young, innovative coach, Matt Rule. Uh, it's just not, they're just not ready yet. You know, they have 
their big transition, obviously going away from Cam Newton, and uh, I think they who Luke Keekley's gone now. Olsen, I mean, you got a, t- a turnover right now in Carolina. I mean, uh, answer I, just answer the question. Okay, um, uh, the question is: I, I still think the Falcons are not balanced enough on offense, and. I feel the team slipping away from Dan Quinn. I'm not picking them. I'm, it's down to the, the Saints, or do I believe in the Buccaneers hype? And the answer is yes, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I'm going with Brady and Gronk and uh, the Arians to, to turn Tampa Bay around. Be live. Who do you pick? So, I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to apologize because, yeah, I've – he because I, I did take a I did take a considerable amount of time on this episode to throw jabs, really just for my disgust for the um Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so I, I I get it. You had your opportunity to come back and you did. So I'm apologize. I'll allow it. Yeah, let's put this ugly episode behind us, shall we? <laughs> oh boy, here so, we go. So when it comes to my prediction with the NFC South, Scotty D, I agree with you. It's not to say I do not believe in my Panthers. It's not to say that I don't believe the talent that they have on the field. I just feel like just because that they haven't had any reps together, not that many reps together, no preseason, just it would. I don't think they have enough time to put it all together. Give this team another year, and I think, man, oh, man, you're going to see some magic happen because the Panthers, if you believe it or not, has one of the fastest. They have the second second fastest wide receiving core in the NFL, second only to the Kansas City Chiefs. If So um, them boys can fly. And I think that will open up a lot of lanes for that man in the backfield that is the unanimous number one pick in almost every fantasy football league, run CMC. So, I mean, but I I, I digress. I could talk about the Panthers all day long. And I will agree with you when it comes to Atlanta. Atlanta just finds a way. They... They've squandered talent year after year after year. And tend to be up 28-3 in the Super Bowl, never forget. Yeah, never forget. Cover from that. I feel like they have been. Mm-mm, I, don't think, I don't think you can. But when it comes to now the Saints versus the Buccaneers, old heads at quarterback, and this could easily be the most intriguing competition the fact that Drew Brees and Tom Brady will see each other twice this year. And it could be, and man, there, there's arguments for both of those teams to be the front runner in the NFC. I think, honestly, it all depends on how healthy Alvin Kamara is. I think yep. he's one of the. Currently, isn't he? So who? I think he's sitting out right now. I think he's holding out. That is, no, no, no. He he didn't go to practice, and they and they say it's contract related. But other than that, he just he's showing up and doing and putting in work. He's he he, he already said like you know what I'm showing up. I'm just showing up and I'm gonna play. Okay, I thought he was missing practices on a on because he was holding out for uh, another contract. Because yeah, he's on he's he's in the last year of his rookie contract, 
making $2.1 million while he's watching his boy in the same division, Christian McCaffrey, get the bag. So he's <laughs> like, bruh, um, I think I deserve that money too. And he's absolutely right. So I think they paid a man. And I think if they paid a man, I think the Saints will win this division. I just I, I think their defense has gotten better, and I really once again it comes back to reps. I think that Tom Brady is just a genius at what he does. I just wonder. I still wonder. Like I've heard them talk about it because ESPN at nauseum is always talking to the Bucks and in the hype and everything and how. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are feeling about him. I already know how Gronk feels. Haven't heard anything from O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait. All they got all the tight ends in the world, which is all which is something. Which is something that Tom Brady also likes. So I mean, it's it's, it's boomer bust for the um, Buccaneers, and I just I just I tried testing and true. I think Drew Brees has a chip on his shoulder. I think Drew Brees wants to take it. He wants to take it. I don't think he wants Brady to get another one. I think he he's 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 hungry. I think he I think the and the way that the Saints offense has become a little bit more innovative as far as like with Drew Brees not shouldering the entire load but opening up the run game. I'm gonna go with the Saints. I'm gonna pick the Saints. Uh, let's see. With all that being said between y'all, the Panthers are built for speed. The Falcons, don't forget, they got a guy named Todd Gurley. They, they got him. So, um, that's a wait and see thing there. Um, the defense is so, so in Atlanta. Um, as you did mention, the defense is finally relevant and prevalent and strong in New Orleans. And then Drew Brees has all his weapons and he does what he does. And then the new look, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be between those two, between the Bucks and the Buc- um, and the Saints. And um, I'm going to have to roll the Saints because Drew is like, look, the Vikings put me out. I'm tired of looking at them. I'm not going to have the Vikings try to put me. I, ain't gotta, I don't want to worry about the Vikings in the playoffs and Tom Brady. No, I don't want to do that. So uh, we might see Drew Brees might throw for 6,000 yards this year if that's even humanly possible. So uh, I say the Saints. Be live, you say. I say the Saints. I'm sorry. Yep, Saints and Scotty D. You say the Bucks. I'm going the Bucks. All right. The Bucks. All right. And the last division in the National Football Conference was side the NFC West, where we got the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. Fellas, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is a division where nine and seven could win it. Hmm. Cause, cause that damn tough. Yeah, I don't think nine and seven is. Uh, I, I, I don't think nine and seven is going to happen. I think, uh, I think the Seahawks are going to be way, way better than that. I think the Seahawks are destined for at least, uh, at least eleven wins. I think that's that's the team to beat this year. Um, they weren't too far away last year. You know, Russell Wilson is in his prime right now. He got the bag, as they say. Mm. I, I, for some reason, I, I sense a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover for the 49ers. Uh, I don't know why, but, you know, it was kind of the similar situation with the Falcons after their, after they gave it up in the Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. They had a little bit of a backslide, and now Kyle Shanahan blew the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter again. 
his backslide. Yeah, you know, so I, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm not a thousand percent sold on Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. I know he had a nice season last year, but you know, sometimes you get a year of tape, and these defensive coordinators are smart, man. They figure you out. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks based on you can't figure Russell Wilson out because he's 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 too good. It, you know, he can run and beat you, or he can throw and beat you, and he's he's got a high football IQ, and you know, championship experience. The Rams are are intriguing to me. You know, you lost Gurley and Brandon Cooks. And I'm not sure they have an offensive identity at this point because Gurley was kind of the the centerpiece of that offense two years ago during their Super Bowl run without his play action. And I know that, you know, running backs come and go in the NFL rather quickly and you can build a team around other running backs. But at this point, I think if you're asking Jared Goff with a not 100% solid offensive line, I'm not ready. I'm not sold on the Rams. And I think the Cardinals are going to improve. Uh, but I think they're a year away from contention, to be honest. So. Beeline, where you at on the NFC West? I think the NFC West is could easily be from top to bottom the toughest division in football right now. Yeah, I think I think I honestly think that the the Cardinals have immensely improved. Like, just, I'm saying, you got Nuke Hopkins now and Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, of course, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald is a journeyman. Like, this guy is just, just, he's still productive and amazing to watch. And it's freaking, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do this year. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a better year. Um, I agree with um. Scott, when it comes to the loss of um, when it comes to the Rams and losing Ty Gurley and Brandon Cooks, uh, that's I don't I don't know. I think they're going in the wrong direction. The Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Do we ever know what type of team Seattle ever is until they actually just do what they do? Like it's it's it is incredible to see. What they are able to put together, and it's Forty ers Give Raheem Mostert the ball. Yeah. Jeez, that that guy emerged tremendously, and so I think the days of the running back by committee there is slim. Jimmy G is a um, game manager. He's lost probably, what, five games in his entire career. (laughs) Yeah. And that 49er defense is exactly, I think it's still exactly where where they're at. So, I mean. I think the 49ers are a solid pick as a wild card team to be honest with you i don't i don't see them regressing down to like a four win team or anything like that of course not I, of course not no 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 Hawks. i could see the seahawks winning 11 games and the 49ers winning nine or ten i mean i think it's gonna be that close and i could see the the rams and cardinals winning eight each like you said this is top to bottom this is a tough division uh you know but i i, I kind of just feel like also like you were saying that you know not having the reps together some of these teams the Seahawks are starting to gel together you know and 
having when you build around a superstar quarterback that that's a for for a season like this uh going into a season unknown it's nice to have a russell wilson under center yeah that it is so uh that leaves me i'm just gonna say the seahawks are gonna do it because the seahawks are tough they went out and got what's his name from the jets um Jamal, we got Jamal Adams. Uh, this will be year two of the DK Metcalf and the Tyler Lockett project. You got a real strong running back in Chris Carson in the backfield. The only thing with him, he got to stay healthy and upright. Can the offensive line do what they're supposed to do? And can the defense handle business? And from the looks of it, man, I'll say it. This is the Seahawks division to lose. <laughs> It'll be there to lose. It'll be all on them. Uh, the Cardinals, they'll look better. They'll, they'll be definitely better um the rams i don't know what the hell i'm getting do not know what i'm getting but you know you, you can't you can't rule out them and they got all world talent aaron donald at the front line on the defense doing what he does best and and then and then 49ers it won't be a tremendous backslide they gonna slide to the left they gonna slide to the right but it won't be a tremendous backslide so um we go i'm going to seahawks so i think I'll, i think yeah. I think all three of us are going with the Seahawks. Yep. Yep. Across the board, Seahawks. So a quick recap of who we picked. Uh, all three of us picked the Seahawks in the West. In the South, I picked the Saints. Beli picked the Saints. Scotty did pick the Buccaneers. In the North, who did you guys pick again? Vikings. I picked Detroit. Oh, boy. I picked the Vikings. And in the east, we all we, we're, we're good. Pick. All right, cool. Um, mo- <laughs> and now um, for our um, um for our, for our favorite person, Miss Button, hit it. Oh, still my bad. That's not my line, was it? <laughs> all right, fellas, and that's it for the NFC preview. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us these past two weeks. We just gave you a preview of all 32 teams in the NFL in two episodes. And since we're sticking to football, it's that time again for our favorite part of the show. And with that being said, hey, yo, butt, hit it! And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite part of the show. The woman ain't lying, man. She tell the truth. Because we love this part of the show because we get to ask you questions and we get to talk about the answers. We might even talk about you, depending on what you do. But with that being said, it's time for another edition of the Choices of the Voices section of the show. And um, unlike last week, this week, we got a pretty good turnout. What you think, Scotty D? They showed out this week. And from the looks of it, they showed up and they showed out. Thanks to our listeners for their participation and the choices of the voices. Um, yeah, we got a lot going on here. Scotty D, you do the honors and read the question for this week's Choices of the Voices. All right, the question of the week was, who do you think was the best tight end you ever saw play in the NFL? And we gave you the green light to give us top three. Uh, some of you gave us 90. Some of you did just give us three. and um, a lot of common answers, but there was a there was a handful of different responses. So, Eddie, cool. What'd you see on that list? All right, so here we go. We got a lot going on. Some look the same, and some are identical, and there's some different. Moni Adams, she's a Steelers fan, and she said Heath Miller. That's her buddy, her bae, her boo from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uncle Max, he said his top three are Charlie Sanders, 
John Mackey, and Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch. <laughs> so, um, after 1940. Okay, good. Gotcha. Um, disclaimer notice to all of our listeners. Um, anytime um, Uncle Max um, answers um, the question um, of the choices of the voices, you're going to get an historical reference. This is it's going to be a throwback of sorts. You may not recognize some of these names because probably your parents weren't born. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, and I... Ooh. Ooh. The there. <laughs> Uncle Max, we love you. <laughs> Uncle Max, we love you. Okay, Uncle hey, by the okay. way, Uncle Max, I want to say congratulations, Uncle Max. He got a, a new job at Joe's Bar and Grill, one of the Sweet restaurants in North Myrtle Beach. So, congratulations, Uncle Max. Hey, Max uh, got a new job, y'all. He got a new job. He got a new job. <laughs> oh man, um, Joe's Bar and Grill is definitely one of the one of those places that I frequent um, when I was when I was back home years ago and everything. So, I'm very happy for Uncle Max. Hey, keep doing what you do, man. You know we love you here at the Sports Bros. Yep. Uh, quick, uh, quick history lesson about um Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch. He was that dude back then because they played a solid football where it was three yards and a cloud of dust for every team, and um he was one of the first like true breakout wide receivers slash tight ends during the beginning stages of the National Football League. So um yeah, guys like Jimmy Graham, yeah, fake um good old Crazy Legs, Elroy Hirsch, and. He, he, they said he was a handsome dude. He was doing TV commercials. He was a man back then. He was a man back then. So uh, that was a, that was great to do a deep dive of the one, the only, the legendary El, Elroy, oh, Elroy, <laughs> Crazy Legs Hurst. Mike Clarity, Big Mike Clarity, he said Shannon Sharp, Greg Olson, and Antonio Gates. Okay. Good one. Nice trio there. Nice trio. Hall of Fame worthy, all three of them. Uh, Tom Wynn says statistically, the more modern tight ends like Tony Gonzalez, Gates, Sharp, and Jason Witten <laughs> got thrown to twice as much as any tight end of yesteryear like John Mackey, Jackie Smith, Ozzie Newsom, uh, and Mike Dicker. He says hard to compare errors. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't um can't dispute that. Thanks, Tom. We got the best name in the game, Joe Comfort. He said, "I base my choices on the total package tight ends bring to the game: receiving, blocking, yeah, and just plain toughness." Tony Gonzalez. Uh, here's where my picks may be unpopular. Number one, uh, number two, Ron Francis, and number three, John Mackey. Okay, that's still not bad. It's um um Russ Francis. Yeah, Russ Francis. Yeah. Yep. He's a he's a he played for the Patriots. He's a tight end for the Patriots. I think, I think yeah, I think Ron Francis um, played for the Houston Rockets in basketball. He played for the Penguins. He was a hockey player. And Ron Francis also played for the Hurricanes. That that guy too. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. All all of the above. All right, popular name. But it was um, <laughs> it, it, it was um, Russ Francis. Um, but yeah. Um, and one thing that I'm actually seeing, and I actually do appreciate, I joked about it earlier is a mix of two different eras because I mean the tight end the tight end position now is almost a glorified wide receiver. I can yeah. tell you just from fantasy football basis where you know what I mean fantasy we're looking at stats and everything like that, tight ends were coming off the board ju- almost almost as much as wide receivers are because 
these guys are a viable option in the passing game. So I definitely appreciate, like I said, definitely appreciate Uncle Max, Joe Comfort, Tom Wynn appreciating both eras. And definitely that is that is enlightening to um I can't even consider myself young anymore with all this gray hair that's on my chin. But um Newer heirs, I wasn't alive for some some of these guys, but um, I definitely, or if I was alive enough to not really be watching at that time, so, but I definitely appreciate um the balance of both. So, well, I think comparing you have to compare how good were they in their era compared to guys today. How good are they in this era? Yeah, that that's the thing. That's the thing, man. It's real hard to compare. You know. It's yeah. it's hard to compare errors, man. Think about it. You know, now it was more of a pass happy league, and mm-hmm. back then it was more of a mixture of running and passing. But it was more running than it was passing. So, yeah, it's it's that that's what makes it tough. But either way, you know, hey, cream rises to the top, and good players they find a way to stand out. Trey Dizzle, what kind of foolishness you got for us this week, Trey Dizzle? He said, Jason Witten. Number one, most consistent and great at catching and blocking, unlike most tight ends up today who would only uh, pass catch. The good old days of tight ends um, who could only block, uh, let's see, Tony Gonzalez, number two, and Shea Sharp, Shannon Sharp at number three. So we got Jason Witten, Tony Gonzalez, and good old Shea Sharp for Trey Dizzle. And then Corey Lagerin, he gave us a list of fifth eleven tight ends. <laughs> Guess what, Corey? We're only going to read the top three or four that you gave us. All right, so Corey selected Eric Green, a uh, tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't know who the hell he was, but that's when you do your research. Um, he was a num- stud. He was an absolute stud. I, I feel like his career may have been cut short by injuries, and he may have had some extracurricular problems that that shortened his career but man he he, he looked like a monster he was kind of a, a guy ahead of his time where he was just size and speed and skill and he just he never panned out quite the way uh over, over the long haul but he, he did have a couple good years in pittsburgh that's something we all hate to see man a guy with so much potential and then it just due to injury or personal self-destruction just blows up man very 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 sad uh he also picked number one tony gonzalez number two antonio gates uh, number three, Shannon Sharp, and the second best player <laughs> in his family. I didn't get. We gonna pass that out. Oh right, no, we- he was he was saying that um, Shannon Sharp is the second best in his family because he was giving a shout out to Sterling Sharp. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Sorry, Corey, I'll get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I got I got your back. I see what you was trying to do there. Appreciate it, Corey. I don't know what's going on with me today. The AC works, and I ain't got my mind right. But I get it now. I get it now. The second best player in his family next to Big Bro, Sterling Sharp, who probably would have been it. Would, hey, it was looking like him and Jerry Rice for a while, and then injuries happened, and then you never know, man. You never know. Mike Davis, he said. Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jason Witt, uh, Dave Romito. He said hard to argue. Gonzo and Gates. Shannon Sharp was tough. He said, I like Gronk at number one, uh, Gonzo at number two, and Kelsey at number three. And we get an honorable mention by Jay Novacek. All right. Go Cowboys. Wow. Yep, we get an honorable mention by Jay Novacek. Joe Gafkin, what's going on, buddy? He said, for me, it's Tony Gonzalez, longevity and consistency, making plays his entire career, in my opinion. 
Nobody else. He just said Tony Gonzalez, and that's it. Uh, my man Javier from the Chucktown, he said Shannon Sharp, Rob Gunkowski, and Antonio Gates, Andrew Davidson. What's going on, classmate? He said Gronk, Olsen, Gonzalez, and Gates. Yep, and those are all the listener submissions to this week's edition of the Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, your top three at TE. Who you got? All right, well, I'm going to concede one away, and uh, I- I'm going to concede Tony Gonzalez as being the best because it seems like he's pretty much universally recognized from everyone as being, if not the best, top top two or three. So I'm going to give you my top three that's not named Tony Gonzalez. And at three, I'm going to say Witten. Uh, I know I'm a, I'm a homer. It's a homer pick for me. But one thing that Jason Witten brought that is very valuable in the National Football League is being there every week. This dude didn't miss games. He was he was there week in and week out. Count him. Romo. It was his, he, he was Romo's security blanket when he was there. Um, he never he was never very fast. He's probably they, it's hard to say he ever lost a step because he never really had a step. But he had sure hands. He was also good for a false start every week. Jason <laughs> uh, Witten was a reliable guy. He was always in the lineup, played hurt, played all the time. Um, my 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 two guy. I don't know if he got mentioned, but Kellen Winslow I thought was a stud receiver for the Chargers. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I told you guys before about the greatest game I ever saw was Chargers Dolphins in the playoffs in in 1982, and he was the he, he was a star of that game. And then I'm going to go with Gronk. Um, you know, Gronk gets a lot of attention. He's on every TV show now. He was on WWE. He was on New Year's Eve specials. He was on The the Masked Singer. I mean, he's everywhere. And and he's he's like this lovable frat boy. He's a guy that you think, man, that dude, he, he's, a, he's a party and jerk. And you meet him, he's like the, the nice guy. Mm-hmm. But... What's lost with Gronk is how skilled and good he was for a guy that size. Injuries, you know, kept him from probably realizing his full potential. We'll see how he looks this year of, uh, with a full year away from the game and getting a little bit of rest and, and back with Brady again. But I'm going to go with Gronk. But I tell you, man, Aaron Hernandez was pretty special before he uh, did what he did. And Jimmy Graham's another guy that looked like he was on his way to being one of the best of all time. What happened with him, man? He was He, he looked unstoppable and then just kind of, kind of leveled out and i don't know if anybody has anybody mentioned ozzy newsome was he on that list at all anywhere yeah i uh by tom win yeah he mentioned ozzy yeah. newsome yeah he was another one of those from the 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 different era the the old school tight end looks but other than uh i'm like again other than tony gonzalez i'm gonna go gronk kellen winslow and jason wood be left all right um eddie cool um you you do know you have to let me know when we whenever we have a um a um, guest um, commentator on the show because I just for a second I thought um, you had um, you had Corey um, Lawfren on here because he he named off twenty seven tight ends in his little segment right there so I <laughs> I, I, I forgot that was Scotty D over there but um, but um, I'm glad we I'm glad we got that cleared up so we just naming all the tight ends but it's okay I'm I'm gonna stick to my top three and I'm gonna throw in an honorable mention. I'm gonna start with my honorable mention because I'm I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the fanboy thing, and Greg Olson I just think just he would he like you say that um Jason Witten was um Romo's safety blanket Greg Olson Greg Olson was Cam Newton's 
safety blanket. And when he got hurt, you saw the difference. Like you saw, like there was a, a this distinct difference in gameplay with or without Greg Olson. And but I use it I honorable mention because when he was hurt, oh man, it's just one of those things. And I think his it just took away from um a bit of his career. So top three. Um I'm gonna go with a lot of the consensus. Number three, I have to mention Antonio Gates. Man, when you talk about consistency, this guy was, I mean, he he was in like top 10, top 15 wide receiver sets almost every year. And him and Phillip Rivers, they had a connection. Like, how good are you at a tight end when you start to, start to forget the wide receivers on a team? Yeah, so that's and, and that's the thing about like whenever you heard about the Chargers, let's see, there was like what Malcolm Floyd, and then didn't matter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you don't remember that many when it comes to the Chargers when Antonio Gates was playing because he he led he led the team in um, receiving, and so that was like Antonio Gates is definitely up there for me. Um, I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take a chapter out of David Romito's um page, and I'm gonna mention Travis Kelsey. I was actually not going to do active players, but man, Travis Kelsey is taking taking his own by storm, and I like it just his presence and his catching ability and route running ability opens up the entire playbook for. For Kansas City, it allows Patrick Mahomes to do what he does, and so I mean Travis Kelsey is number two for me, and he could he could very easily be and be one of the record holders. I don't know what it is about Kansas City and tight ends though, because it's clear cut number one. I think is almost a consensus, and shame on you if you did not mention Tony Gonzalez. I think Tony Gonzalez is not the prototypical definition of what tight ends are supposed like are today. If it wasn't for Tony Gonzalez, you wouldn't have your Travis Kelsey. You're right. You wouldn't have your George Kittle. You would let some so I mean he kind of revolutionized the position. He did. So that that's I just it is clear cut number one for me. I do appreciate the historical reference, like I said before, and I think Tony Gonzalez bridged the gap between old school and new. I think I just think he he, revo- he revolutionized the position and made it a viable receiving position. So, boom, mic drop. Good, good call. Tony Gonzalez, I think, is probably consensus number one. Uh, if, if if you would poll America, he would probably be answer. I would. Say. Yeah. So uh, that leaves me. Who we? I've had a chance to think about this. So I'm going to say Shannon Sharp, Antonio Gates, and Tony Gonzalez. Um, Shannon Sharp was undersized, but, you know, he did what he had to do to get it done. And you remember his epic his epic uh, <laughs> when they played the Patriots. Somebody called the presidents because we are killing these Patriots. We are killing the Patriots. Um Shannon Sharp was a winner everywhere he went. 
Um, he was a great leader, and he could just flat out ball. He could just flat out ball because I think didn't he get like the record for like most receptions by a tight end in a single season? I think you wound up getting that record. And then we have my personal favorite, Antonio Gates, um, a guy who went to Kent State University in Ohio and he played high school basketball. I mean, college basketball. And he just took that height and took that size and made that transition from from the uh, from the basketball court to the gridiron, and he solidified himself as one of the greatest tight ends and first ballot Hall of Famer. I made a video about it, and I'm gonna remind y'all: let's not forget about Antonio Gates in the discussion when it comes to first ballot Hall of Famers. And then Tony Gonzalez, as we said, another guy who played basketball in college at the University of Cal and used that big size and that big body and just was just was just a sheer athlete. I'm just saying that he never had a chance to win a ring. Um, yeah, so there we go. Gonzo, Gates, and good old Shea Sharp. Call yeah. the president because we are killing the Patriots. <laughs> and Sharp also has the <clears throat> NFL postseason record for longest reception. He had a 96-yard touchdown. Um at Oakland in 2000 in the championship game. So that's uh, quite a significant achievement for Shannon Sharp there as well. And he works with Skip. 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 That boy, that, 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 skip. <laughs> hey, Shannon Sharp is a treasure, is the gift that keeps on giving. All right, Scotty D, what we got for next week's Choices of the Voices? All right, we're getting inching into, into football season. Um, I think next next week's podcast will be our last before football season's officially underway, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we're gonna ask another NFL question. Who do you think is the most overrated, overhyped NFL player you've ever seen? Oh, this is gonna be a good one. We're gonna find out who's overrated. <laughs> That's right. On next week's edition of the Sports Bros Podcast and the choices of the voices. We're running in the third. We're going to go home. We're giving us a go-home cue because we got to watch some wrestling, eat some food, and bust these cats up in some good old fantasy football draft. Um, this edition of Pepper is very special. I know you were wondering if you're listening, like, are they going to talk? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, over this week, this past weekend, it's, it's been rough, man. It's been rough. Uh, we've lost... Some we had we've had some fallen soldiers in the in, in the battle of life. They finally got called home to the big uh, house upstairs. Uh, we would we would like to say rest in peace to former Georgetown coach John Thompson, who passed away today at the age of seventy eight. Um, a few days prior to that, uh, former Arizona head coach Lute Olson, uh, he passed away as well too. And the shocker of the weekend, Friday night. Uh, news broke that Chadwick Bozeman, aka uh, King T'Challa from the Black Panther franchise, and also played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, he also passed away as well at age 43 from colon cancer. Wow, that hits home the hardest. And so, um, we're gonna pay our respects and we're gonna honor all three of those gentlemen in this week's edition of Pepper. And in traditional Pepper fashion, I'll go first. My first honorary pepper point goes out to John Thompson. Now, listen, you want to talk about Big East basketball? You can't talk about Big East basketball without mentioning the names of Jim Beheim, Jim Calhoun, 
Carter Sega, all those legends of Big East basketball. And you can't forget John Thompson as well, too. Uh, John Thompson was the first African-American head coach to win a major college championship. So that's a big accolade for himself. And he coached players such as Patrick Ewing, Allen Iverson, and Alonzo Mourning. Uh, you can see, uh, back in the days, you can see Big John on the sidelines with a towel draped over his shoulder. He was 6'10". He was also a basketball player in high school and college as well, too. And um, he is one of the greatest coaches of all times. He coached for a very long time. He coached at Georgetown from 1972 until 1999, amassing 596 wins, 293 losses, and he had a 714 win percentage. Another legend gone. Shout out, rest in peace, to the one and only John Thompson. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, I'm going to talk about uh, Coach Lute Olson here in just a second, but I did also want to mention that um, over the last few days, uh, former Portland Trailblazer Clifford Robinson died of lymphoma at age 53. He was in the NBA Finals with that team in 90 and 92, and they were making their championship run against the Pistons and Bulls. Uh, he was a sixth man of the year in 93. He was an all-star, and um, – Another one gone too soon. Uh, Lute Olson, um, he was a – this is a guy who I, I think a lot of times gets overlooked when the conversation of greatest coaches of all time comes up. Um, he, he had 46 tournament wins, which is one behind John Wooden and one ahead of Bob Knight. Uh, Arizona won the national championship in 97, um, and they were runner-up to Duke in 2001. Uh, he suffered a stroke last week and, and passed away. Uh, he finished his co- coaching career with 780 wins. I think it was right around 30, 31, 32, somewhere in the top um, among all-time wins with uh, of college coaches. But um, he also he was he was one of the guys that had 20 straight 20 win seasons, five Final Fours. Uh, Lute Olson uh, overlooked a lot of times out on, out on the west side of the country. You know, he was not an East Coast guy, but. Um, uh, a college basketball legend, nonetheless, 85 years old, Lute Olson. Over to you, B-Live. I, I want to take this opportunity to um, my quick my, um, pepper about um, John Thompson. And well, there's a lot you can talk about him, but it was actually how how it ended for for him that was it was a little bit touching and everything and just how how he was such an upstanding person um he built so many young men's careers up and was a mentor and a father figure to so many but the way he stepped away from the game he knew that his family was hurting. And part of that was um, he, him and his wife were filing for divorce. And it seems unfortunate in, like, when it comes to um, collegiate sports and everything and dedication. But once, like, just knowing that a family at the end of the day comes first above all, and it has to, and because he could have he could have stayed on chase records and numbers and everything like that. But just knowing that, hey, I've got to address my family. And then on top of that, still leaving such a legacy 
that his son was able to take over the program. And then his, his, I think I would want to say, as far as collegiate careers go, his best player that's ever set foot and wore a Georgetown uniform and Patrick Ewing and the amount of opportunities that he, he presented, even when it go, goes down to a time where Georgetown recruited predominantly white players, when it came down to him recruiting Allen Iverson when no other college would recruit him because of his checkered past and uh, what he's what Allen Iverson's been able to do after that. The sto- the story can go on forever. Uh, how John Thompson touched college basketball. Rest in heaven. Thank you for everything, Big John. Yeah. We take this opportunity more than anything, though. We are the sports pros, and ma- majority of what we talk about is sports. But we we lost we lost someone great, Chadwick Bozeman from Anderson, South Carolina, and I just want to take an opportunity because of his portray, portrayal of Jackie Robinson in the movie Forty Two, which was just absolutely amazing. It it captured what Jackie Robinson meant to the game of baseball, what he what he had to endure and go through. And the opportunities that he gave to other um, baseball players of color and to inspire so many to even look at um, the game of baseball that before, not too many people of color would have looked at it. And to be able to portray such a role, to be able to encapsulate the authenticity of the role that's something that Chadwick Boseman was able to do. And after watching that movie, I saw Jackie Robinson. I've like, I grew up learning his history, but then after watching the movie, it was like, wow, just, it just, it opened up a whole new light to me. And that's why I just, I've always had the utmost respect for Chadwick Boseman to be able to do such a role like that and do it so well. And to come and find out, that the majority of his big roles that we know of Chadwick Boseman, he was fighting colon cancer and nobody knew that right there shows a level of determination that we should live our everyday lives about. It's not, it's not about what could hold us back, but it's what we can accomplish if we really just um, grind, stay on the grind and just keep pushing no matter what. Chadwick Boseman, you will forever live in, our heart, live in our hearts and minds. You continue to be an inspiration many, many years and decades to come because you set the groundwork for so many big things. Rest in peace, King. Alright, so that's a special edition of Pepper where we just did three just this top three just so um rest in peace to uh Chadwick Bozeman um Lute Olsen and also John Thompson fellas we gotta live every day like it's our last because as we know is never promised and like I told somebody I said you know what man the Chadwick Bozeman death hits me really really hard because as you mentioned be live he's from our homestead of South Carolina and um that nasty filthy funky disease that took him away it also took my mom away at the age of 75. So um, I, I, I kind of had a difficult weekend 
just thinking about that, but uh, I was able to pull it together and um, get the world this year's Sports Bros Podcast. So uh, with that being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. As always, we appreciate you for listening, but before we go, we want to tell you how to get in contact with us. Scotty D, where can you can find me on the porch in Washington, Pennsylvania. Maybe you might find me cutting grass here this week, um, but look me up on Facebook. Um, you can find me on uh, on Snapchat and Instagram. No, no, they can't. All right, Facebook it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know how to use a Snapchat? Um, I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay, that that's a no. All right, Scotty, Scotty, Scott, don't you be one of them dudes with the with the camera up in your face and stuff, <laughs> taking old taking old man photos. <laughs> All right, Scotty D, that's right. And just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, when he cuts the grass, he don't use the bag, yep. and neither do I. <laughs> Let me tell you another thing. You catch me doing this weekend the uh, um, the tour championships coming up this weekend, and I don't know if you guys saw. There was an amazing finish uh, to the BMW Championship last, this past week. Dustin Johnson hit a bomb birdie putt to force a playoff, and then John Rom hit an even bigger bomb to uh, to to win the tournament. But Dustin Johnson from South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Coastal Carolina, he's going to be the number one player in the um, in the Tour Championship this coming week. And it's kind of a weird format, guys, the way they start off the top thirty players. But DJ starting the tournament ten under par, as uh, as a reward for being number one, and I think Rom is going to be starting at number two, eight under par, and then Justin Thomas seven under. So these guys are starting this tournament already under par like that, all the way down to thirty is even. But uh, yeah, so that's 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 coming up this weekend as well. I'm excited about that. So uh, we'll see if DJ can finish the season off winning the Tour Championships. Get you going. Be live. Where can they um, find if you? If I may ask a, just a quick question, what was the what was the um finishing um like the winning um score under par for um the um, BMW Championship? Uh, I think it was three under or four under. Yeah. If I'm not I, got, I knew it was real. Is it, is it called high or low in golf? I keep forgetting. It, it was. It wasn't a very low score, right? But and it, actually, ironically. On on Saturday, John Rom was like five over. He was having a terrible. I mean, he made the cut, but was having a terrible day. He actually picked up a ball without marking it. I don't know if you guys saw this, but oh, one boy, stroke penalty. And as it turned out, that stroke cost him from winning it outright. Uh, so then Dustin was able to hit that birdie. They tied. They tied, and then he ended up winning anyway. But he he said, "Man, I'd be ashamed if I'd lose this tournament by one stroke." Well, he didn't, but it was it was close. But but yeah, it was uh it was a more the, the conditions. It was at uh, Olympia Fields in in uh, up near Chicago. It was a it was a tough course. It it was set up tough and tough conditions. So, but yeah, it was a grinded out week. It wasn't low like last weekend. Dustin was thirty under. And this week, I think three under was the winner. Four under, yeah. Wow, but yeah, that I just I was thinking I was thinking exactly that. It's like that's that's one thing I enjoy about golf is that. It's some courses you can just let it fly and has the highest scores ever, and some of them you fighting just to stay under par. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so when it comes to me, you can find your boy all the time. <laughs> but yeah, every day, every day I'm hustling, hustling, hustle. Oh, find me a new song for where you can find me. All right, but yeah, you can find me. Um, 
at my place of business, um, Max Speed Shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, on 482 North McPherson Church Road, home of the best burgers and brisket, pulled pork, barbecue, gotta love it. Also, got 55 beers on tap, over 150 bottles and cans, featuring our craft breweries, local craft breweries here in North Carolina, the beer capital of the United States. I'm, I think so myself. I, 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 yeah. I you may. So I definitely enjoy that. When it comes to Sports Bros Podcast, you can find this on our Facebook like page, Sports Bros Podcast. You can actually um, um, become part of our Facebook group, the Sports Bros Family, something new we've started up and everything where you can post different material when it obtains to the world of sports. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram be at the Sports Bros Podcast. Twitter be at um, at Sports Bros PCAST. If you have any questions about the show, you want to find out more information about us, you can hit us um, via email at Sports Bros PCAST at gmail.com. We do have um, our own website where we feature some of our written stories. Eddie Cool is the man with the master plan with that. Is that. Is that the Sports Bros Podcast.wordpress.com? Check out our YouTube channel. We've got some vintage videos on there as well. And all in all, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your recommendations. We're going to keep doing what we do here. There is no stopping us. We definitely work. So, man, 74. Who'd have thunk it, man? I love it. Absolutely love it. Yes, sir. And with that being said, that leaves me, Eddie Cool, the head of creative here at the Sports Bros Podcast. You can find me on all them platforms that B-Live mentioned. I would mention them, but guess what? He mentioned every single last one of them. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Cool Season, all one word. Uh, Twitter, The Real Eddie Cool. And all, well, matter of fact, I forgot one. Oh, here it is. Snapchat, Super Cool 5000. That's if you do that. And all of the other aforementioned Sports Bros podcast profiles, platforms, you can find us there. All right, fellas. Anything else before we get up out of here and do some fancy football draft and watch wrestling? I just took a bite of um, Snickers. I wasn't ready. I was hungry. <laughs> I think we're good. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. <laughs> And in closing, (laughs) do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it. And I'm going to get it right this time, Be Live. Please be a blessing and not a burden because ain't nobody got no time for that mess. With that being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Bowls Podcast. Love each other because you never know. You never know. You never know. Take care, everybody. See you next week. We love you. Bye. We don't get no yes up live. Oh, I was so chewing. I just, I just watched Keith Lee get hit with a zigzag. I was like, wait a minute, he's not supposed to lose. <laughs> we got these bloopers. Boy, I picked the Vikings, and in the East, we all we, we're, we're good. Pick- all right, cool. Um, <laughs> most, and now um, for our, um, um, for our, for our favorite person, Miss Button, hit it. Oh, still my bad. That's not my line, was it? <laughs> Let's do this again. <laughs> and that's it.
for the NFC wrap up. Hope you enjoy the wrap up. Shit. Three, two. All right, three, two, one. Uh, he posted a picture of Pittsburgh Steelers Eric Davis of yesteryear. Eric Davis, tight end. Eric Davis. Eric Green. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric Green. What the. F- <laughs> You're right, yo. I'm dumb button. There we go. Yeah, I'm dumping. I'm dumping. Three, two, one. <laughs>